Hi everyone, welcome to our service today. The last part, the third part of our series, The New Normal. To our whole Prada family, everyone watching on Seals Course, if you are with us today for the first time, warm welcome to you all. We are so glad that you decided to take this time today to hear what God wants to teach you in this new season. The new normal is a phrase that the world is using in order to try to cope with and in order to try to normalize things a season that is uncomfortable, a season that is difficult, a season that might be painful, a season where you might feel like you are in a dip. And I know with, the, with us now being in level one, it kind of feels like a lot of stuff is back to normal. But for a lot of you, the reality is life didn't go back to normal. You might still be without a job. You might still be suffering from anxiety and depression. You might still be wondering how you're going to put food on the table. And that is why we started this series because we wanted to say instead of just accepting whatever circumstances you are in at the moment as your new normal, why don't we see what God wants to teach us through all of this and where God might be taking us. So in week one, we said use a time of disappointment and turn it into an appointment with God. So again, sit with God, spend time with Him, hear His voice, see what He is saying to you in this season. The second week we said, when we try to control stuff that is not in our control, we become restless. So what we should do is hand over control of things that are not in our control to God, trust Him, trust in His provision, and that way we can find rest. Now today we're gonna talk a little bit about seasons. And we are in spring, but it's kind of like being a weird spring, right? We've, this whole winter has been weird. Like one week is summer, one week we've got snow on the mountains. And spring has been like that as well. We've got rain. I think we even had snow at the beginning of September. I can't even remember. It's been a crazy season in Cape Town. But seasons is so normal to us. We know that we have to change our clothing. We know that we have to switch on heaters in our house when it's getting colder. But what we often forget is that life also has seasons. In fact, the Bible even talks about it in Ecclesiastes 3. It says that there's a time to, to be born and a time to die, a time um, to laugh and a time to cry. There's all these different times, all these different seasons, ups and downs, as we've said in the previous two weeks, that we will go through throughout life. And today we are going to be talking about seasons because you might be in a season, in a time at this point in life where you feel like it is a season that is a dead end, a season that you will not ever get out of, a winter season, a season when everything around you is dead. But this is the thing about seasons. When you are in winter, spring is coming. And our topic today for the final part of this series, the new normal, our topic is from the end to a new beginning from the end to a beginning now we're going to be reading from elijah the prophet that we've been reading about for the last three weeks we'll be reading about him again today because elijah got to this place where he wanted to give up on life um, we saw last week how he finally found a bit of rest in god when he handed over some of the control but today we're going to read the next part of his story, the part that we didn't read. And I want us to see what happens in the story. So if you've got your Bible with you, let's turn to 1 Kings 19. We're going to read the last part of what we read last week. And a little later, you're going to see how the story turns out. 1 Kings 19, verse 7 to 9. Elijah had this huge standoff 
with the prophets of Baal. Um, after that, he killed them. The queen now wants him dead. He's complaining to God. He's like, God, this is the end of my life. I don't want to continue. An angel of God, a messenger of God wakes him up, gives him food. He goes back to sleep. And now we are at verse 7. 1 Kings 19 verse 7. The angel of the Lord came again, second time to Elijah. He touched him and said, get up and eat some more. Or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Why don't you type into the comment line, the journey. Type in the journey. The journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. And the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. Now when I read this story, Verse 7, get up, eat, or the journey will be too much for you. When I read that, I'm like, didn't we just read before this that Elijah said, this is the end of me. This season is the final season. I cannot continue. He just told God, God, rather take my life. I cannot continue. But what seemed like the end was not the end. Guys, but here is the interesting part. God not only gives him a new future, God not only tells him through the angel that there's a journey ahead, but God sends the angel specifically with food and rest to Elijah. The angel came to Elijah the first time, gave him bread that was baked on a stone, gave him some water. Elijah went back to sleep. Then he comes a second time and he gives him food again and he tells him specifically to eat or the journey will be to difficult for you it will it will not work out so what is so beautiful to me is that the angel that God through the angel tells Elijah Elijah there is a season there is a new beginning after what seems to you like an end but guess what you will not get to the new season you will not get to a new beginning when you are unhealthy when you are worn out when you are weak when you are broken the first lesson that I want to share with you today from this story is that you cannot enter a new season when you are unhealthy. We, read, we, we learned last week that God is in control when we are not in control. But when we try to take control from God, like Elijah wanted to do for a moment, it leads to anxiety. What I did say last week is it doesn't mean when, when things are crazy like they are currently in the world, when you might have lost your job, when your marriage is in shambles, when things are crazy around you, it does not mean that you say like, okay, God, you're in control. So I am absolved from all responsibility. I'm going to lie back under the broom bush. I'm going to do nothing because God's got this and I'm kind of like, I'm free. This is not what it means. You see, God is in control of the things that we are not in control of. God was in control of Elijah's life. God was in control of the king and the queen that wanted to kill Elijah. But Elijah also had a responsibility. And I want to tell you, when you are in a difficult spot, we have a responsibility to do something. And the first thing we need to do is we need to start by looking after ourselves and our health. The angel doesn't come to Elijah and tell him something super spiritual. What does he tell him? 
eat or the journey will be too long. He's like, God is in control of the situation. You are not. But what you are in control of is your health. What you are in control of is refilling your tanks that might have been running on empty. Because and this might seem crazy to you. You might be like, Lee, but whoa, whoa, I thought Christianity is all about taking care of other people, taking care of God's creation, serving other people. Like, I, I didn't know the Bible says I, I should take care of me. Well, although the Bible doesn't specifically spell it out, what is interesting is the Bible assumes self-care. In fact, in Mark 12, verse 13, what does Jesus say? What, what's the big commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you do not love your neighbor. Jesus didn't mean that you should love your neighbor in a bad way. So Jesus, by saying that, implies that you should take good care of your neighbor. You should love them the way you love yourself, the way you take care of yourself. He assumes that there would be good self-care. In Ephesians 5 verse 28, we read about these roles of husbands and wives. And, and Paul writes, he says, Husband, love your wife as you love your own body. And then he says, he actually explains it. He says, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body. So the Bible assumes that we will be healthy, that we will look after the bodies, after the spirit that God has given us, that we will remain healthy in order for us to get through a difficult season and enter into a new season. You see, here is something that might rattle you today. Here is something that you might not have known. And that is God actually cares about our well-being. God cares about our well-being. Why don't you shout this out to the world? Type in into the comment line, whether you're watching this on YouTube or on Facebook, why don't you just quickly type into the comment line, God cares about my well-being. Or you can type in God cares about your well-being. So when someone might read this, they might feel like God is speaking to them through the simple line that you've typed in. Guys, but God cares about our well-being. Jesus, when he was on earth, we read numerous times that he had compassion with people that were sick, people that were hungry. So it was not just all spiritual. God had compassion for physical, for mental, for emotional and spiritual needs of people. And that extends to you. That extends to me. God's compassion for our well-being is not just for everyone else in the world and you kind of sitting on the sideline. God has compassion for your well-being. He cares about your well-being. So this off-season might be a season, the season that you feel like this is the end of you, might just be a season that God has prepared for you in order for you to take care of yourself for self-care. The end to this one thing in your life, your job that might have ended, a marriage that's in a broken place, a relationship that is, that is on rocky ground. This that might seem like a horrible season to you might just be a time where God is saying, I want you to heal. I want you to look after yourself. Okay, and, and this is not self-indulgence. Okay, get, get this right. It's not self-indulgence. It is self-care. Because we cannot live in healthy relationships when I'm not healthy myself. I cannot serve God and His church and this world in a healthy way when I am not healthy myself. I see this so often with pastors. And I can easily be guilty of this myself where I will give so much to other people that I sometimes forget to take care of my own health. And then what happens after a while? People burn out. 
people cannot continue. We've read about numerous pastors um, throughout this last year that has committed suicide. God wants us to be healthy. If we're not healthy, we cannot do the work He has called us to do. And that is why the angel is saying, Elijah, there's a journey ahead. There's a new season ahead. But you cannot enter into it if you do not take care of yourself. That's the first lesson. But something interesting happens. The part that we just quickly read about at the end is that Elijah goes on a journey for 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God. And there he has this amazing encounter with God where God, and we're going to read this in a while, gives him the directions for, his, for the new season that's coming. But here is my question. Why the mountain? Why a 40 day and 40 night journey to a mountain? God just sent the angel to speak to Elijah to tell him, Elijah, eat, take care of yourself. Why couldn't God just tell Elijah what he wanted to tell him right there under the broom bush? Now, first, let me ask you this. Have you ever felt that way where you're like, God, why don't you just make this season go away? I've been in this for such a long time. Why, do, why can't just, this just go away? Why do I have to stay stuck in this season? Can't it just be over with? Like, what's going on? I've, I've been in the desert. I've been in winter. I've been in a hard spot for so long. 40 days, 40 nights, maybe 40 months, maybe 40 years. I don't know your circumstances. But God, why don't you just give me direction now? Why can't you just end this horrible season now? And here's something that you might have heard numerous times. It's almost a cliche, but I think it's so important. Often, the journey is just as important as the final destination. You see, Elijah was at a place where it was completely empty. He was lying under that broom bush and he's like, God, I cannot continue. Just kill me. He's literally asking God to kill him. And he had to find refreshment. The angel tells him, eat for this journey. But you see, refreshment is not just about taking care of our bodies. It's not just about sleeping well, having a good sleeping pattern. It's not just about eating healthy food. It's not just about exercise. It is not just about taking care of our physical bodies. It's so much more than that. It is about finding refreshment in God. You see, when we try to find rest, when we try to find refreshment without God, the full satisfaction of it, the full tank that brings us satisfaction will always remain out of reach. You might sleep enough and you might eat healthy and you might train and you might do all those things that are important. Elijah even got some training, right? For 40 days, he, he had to walk to this mountain. So he got training, he had food, his physical body was taken care of. But there was more. He needed to find refreshment in God. God had a new season planned for him, but he wasn't able to receive it at this moment. Because when he was lying under that bush and he's like, God, take my life, I'm finished. If God said, no, Elijah, there's a purpose here. You know what he would have probably said? He would have said, God, there is no way that I can do this. I'm already at my end. So how can you expect more of me? So instead of God just pushing him into a new season that he wasn't ready for, God gives him a journey that will prepare him, that will refresh him, that will get him to a point that he can enter into a new season, into a new purpose that God has for his life that he wasn't ready for yet. 
Now, I want to tell you, don't rush. Don't try to rush out of the difficult spots you are in. I know it might not be easy to surrender control, to take care of yourself, to trust God in this moment, but don't just rush through it. Because often the seasons that we hear God's voice the clearest, we said that in the first week, are the difficult times, are the times when we are in the depth. Often the seasons when we grow closest to God are the seasons, the depth, the seasons when we have to journey for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. I told you last week that when lockdown started, it was difficult for me as well. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to do, God. I don't know. But in the season, God very clearly spoke to us and told us that we need to take care of our health. We invested extra time in eating healthy, in training hard. We did a marriage course, you learned in our online thing that we had Thursday evening date nights. When, when Abby goes to bed, that we really just invested in our marriage because we said we want to walk out of lockdown healthier than we walked into it. And you can wish these seasons away or you can say, God, what are you trying to teach me on this journey? But I want to tell you this off season, this winter season might just be a journey season that God has prepared for you so that you can find refreshment. So that you don't go into a new season on empty. So that you go, don't go into a new season feeling like you're still at the end of yourself. So Elijah gets to this mountain, he sleeps, he's been on this journey, he's ready to go into a new season. God has prepared him. And then we read that God, this, this beautiful passage that we're not going to read today, you can continue reading in 1 Kings 19. I've actually preached about this before, where God says, come and stand on the mountain before me. And then there's, God puts on this beautiful show, earthquake, fire, storms, everything. And finally, God speaks to him in this gentle whisper. And I want us today to see what happens when God spoke to him. What's the conversation? What is the next season that God has in store for Elijah? 1 Kings 19 from verse 13. When Elijah heard it, that is now God's voice. When he heard God's voice, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice, that's the voice of God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And hear how he replied. He replied again. By the way, he just said this a couple of verses back when he got to the cave. He says, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken the covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Can I just pause for a moment? Just a couple of verses back at the start of his journey, he didn't give the same answer, right? He said, I am at the end of myself. They killed everyone. They want to kill me, so just kill me. And I was like, like, no, don't kill me. Just hear that I'm in a bad spot. I am in a difficult season, but he's already found refreshment. He's already ready to move on because he's not asking God to kill him anymore. Verse 15, then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Can you believe that? Often the journey ahead, often the new season is not so different to what we know. It could be completely different. It could be something that we've been familiar with. But God says, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to, the, to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be the king of Israel. Now they already had the king, right? The kings wanted to kill them. 
and then anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape from Jehu will be killed by Elisha. And that's where we're going to stop. But this is what is important. What seemed like the end of the season where he said, God, kill me because this king wants to kill me. Somehow God is working behind the scenes while he's on this journey to flip this whole thing on his head. A total reversal, winter to summer. God turns it on his head because those who hunted Elijah, those who wanted to kill Elijah, God says they will become the hunted. They will be be killed by the new kings. The prophets of Baal that wanted to kill Elijah will now be killed by Elisha. God reverses the whole scenario. And that is the next lesson that I think we can learn from the story is God can turn any winter into summer. I don't know where you are finding yourself. Maybe you're still in the spot like Elijah where you're still complaining to God. Guys, I must be honest, often I feel like that. I want to complain to God about everything in my life that I feel is going wrong. Like, God, why is this going on? And, and by the way, it's okay to vent. But God has a future laid out for, He had a future laid out for Elijah. He has a future laid out for you and me as well. So although it is okay to vent, although it is okay to bring your complaints, to bring your worries, to bring your disappointments to God, what is not okay is to give up. You see the difference between Elijah at the beginning of chapter 19 and Elijah closer to the end of chapter 19 is at the beginning he was not only venting to God, but he was ready to give up. At the end, he's still venting, he's still in a hard spot, but he's not ready to give up. That is the shift I see in his story. From take my life to God protect me because they want to kill me. God turns his winter into a summer. God says, Elijah, go and anoint three new leaders, three new kings. A king of Aram, a king of Israel, a new prophet to replace you. God is saying, Elijah, go because summer is coming. But if you don't plant a seed now, there won't be a harvest. So go and anoint a new prophet because there's a new season. You need to sow the seed into the life of Elisha so that he can take your place. So that the new season, that there will be a beautiful harvest. Go and anoint a new king so that in the new season there can be a good harvest. And that is part of this. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to do self-care. Okay, not self-indulgence, self-care. But what's also important is not just sitting back in a difficult season and saying, God, okay, you've got the situation. I'm just going to kind of like take care of my own health and then you have to to do whatever comes next. No, no. What seed do you have to go and sow now? Because Elijah had to go back the way he came, the way he didn't probably want to go back because there was death on that road. 
But God is saying, go back and go and plant a seed. He had to go and anoint someone. So God is not just saying, I am raising up. I'm calling out a new leader. I'm raising up this season out of nothing. God is saying like, Elijah, you have to put in the work. You have to go back. You have to face the things that might hurt you. You have to face the things that might scare you. But you have to go and plant a seed in order for there to be a harvest in a new season. So let me ask you today, what seed do you have to sow now in order to see a harvest in the season God might want to send your way? To whom do you need to reach out? You might be without a job. I listened to a podcast a while ago where they said the person who might connect you to your next job is probably already in your contact list on your phone or on your friend list on Facebook. Have you reached out to them? Have you applied? You don't have control over whether you get the job or not. You can go for the interview, but you can only find an interview. By the way, if you reach out to someone who's got a, a job opportunity or someone who's got a connection. You see, so some of it is not in our control and we don't need to lie awake about that. Elijah couldn't control whether these new kings would protect him. He couldn't control whether Elisha would be a good prophet. But he had to go and plant a seed. He had to go and reach out and do what God has called him to do. What seed do you have to sow? Your next season, the start of that season might already be in your contact list. This next season that God wants to take you on for your marriage, you have to sow a seed. You have to go and find help. You have to go and reach out to someone who can help you. It's in God's hands, but you have to sow the seed. God will make you grow. That friend of yours that doesn't know Jesus yet that you've been praying for, what's your next step? Go and speak to him. Send them a letter. Send them an invitation to church. Share a link. Your neighbor that's, that might have marriage troubles, send them a link. Um, to, to a marriage course or to, to, to our service that was about relationships, whatever that might be. But take a next step. God is capable of reversing any situation. But He also wants us to play our part in seeing this harvest in the new season. God reverses this whole situation from a place where Elijah was the hunter to to where he almost became the hunter. And I don't know how difficult and how dark this off season, this winter season, this desert time might be for you. But it might just, it probably is the beginning of a beautiful new season. What seems like the end is a new beginning. So why don't you decide to end this time, look after your health, find refreshment in God, spend extra time with Him, and then sow a seed, start to prepare for what is coming next. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are in control. Thank you that you care about my well-being. And thank you that you've got a plan and a purpose for my life. God, I want to pray for everyone listening to this today that feels like they are at the end of themselves. I pray that this journey ahead will be a time where they surrender their control, where they stop thinking it's all up to them, and where they find refreshment, where they find a filling for their empty tanks in 
you. That's always where it starts. But I also pray, God, that you would give us the perseverance, that you would give us the vision, that you would give us the open doors to start sowing seeds so that our futures might produce a beautiful harvest. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, before we close off, we've got some a couple of awesome things we want to share with you. First, next week, we have a guest speaker. My friend Zach Lambert, all the way from Restore Church in Austin, Texas. He's a super dude. He's so humble. He's always ready to help. Next week, he will be bringing the message. It's Next week is, by the way, the last Sunday that we will be online only. Can you believe it? The Sunday after that, we're launching in-person services again in Durbanville. I'm going to tell you about it now. So don't worry if you're like, Louis, but I'm not in, in Durbanville. Or Louis, like, I'm watching from somewhere else in the world. What about me? Online is still continuing. We will be live streaming from our new venue. So next week, last Sunday, that it will be online only. The week after that, we will be in-person and there will still be a live stream that you can tune into at 9.30. We might still work out a couple of hiccups. We'll see what happens from the 4th of October, but we're trusting for the best. Then, last week I said, we're starting 4th of October. Can you believe it? Now, some venue news. You've seen the photos on social media. Beautiful auditorium, almost 500 seats. And with the new regulation, it means that we can accommodate 240 people in one service already. So that is awesome. Where is the new venue? Our new venue is Redham House, Durbanville. So it is on the Fisher's Hawk Road, um, on your way out of... So if, if you're coming from Belleville side, yep, the Yacher Road, go straight on past our old venue, straight on, it turns into Fisher's Hawk Road, you get... Um, the school, Clara Anna Fontaine, and you get Redham on your left-hand side. About two kilometers later, you get Mierendal, the wine estate. And then if you continue on that road, you will end up in Bloberg area. So that's where it is. You can Google it. It will be on our social media. It will be on our website if you struggle to find it. We will have the links for you there. But our new house is Redham House in Durbanville. So... Please make sure that if you are in Cape Town, if you're in the area, to save the date. 4th of October, 9.30, our first in-person service. Join us a little before 9.30. Come and have a coffee. We will have sanitizers. We will have temperature checks. Everything that's necessary. Bring your mask. You cannot enter without a mask. That's still our rules and regulations for our country. So bring your mask. Sanitize your hands. Do everything you... Um, that you need to do, but come and celebrate with us. I'm so excited to see you on the 4th of October. So next week, we will share a little bit more. For now, I'm going to hand over to Shaul. He's going to give you all the details on how we can continue to contribute to the work of Prodeo Church. Thanks for joining me today. I'll see you next week for the last time online only. Bye. Thank you for being a part of our online service today. If you enjoyed the service and feel you want to contribute to what Prodeo is doing, consider giving financially to our church. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is through our banking details and the second way is through Snapscan. Both of these steps is available on our website. You can just go to www.prodeo.org.za forward slash give or you can follow the link below in the comments. If you enjoyed the video, please share it to everyone you know. 
we want more people to connect to life-changing relationships. That is it from us. Bye.